Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Welcome everyone to episode 79. We are at PCA's national headquarters. Around the table, we have Manny Albin. Uh, we don't have Damon. He's on a trip, uh, I believe, to visit with some folks at PAG for something special we don't know yet. Uh, Robert Forsyth is at the controls, and we have a special guest today. Luckily, he's local to PCA's national headquarters. He's been featured in Road and Track, Sports Car International, our favorite um, Porsche factory magazine, the Christophorus, as well as worked on several Porsche uh, posters. Uh, many of you might have his artwork hanging in your house, and Manny, I'll let you do the official introduction. I think you just did. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dennis is actually a uh, a resident of Maryland, and we see each other at Cards and Coffee. Uh, so when I asked him if he was doing the Rensport 7, he said yes. I'm like, well, we got to have you on the show uh, because it's obviously we're getting closer and closer to Rensport, and just by the phone calls that come into his office now, in fact, I was working on a, a quick FAQ for member services because um, they're not finding all the answers on the Porsche website, <laughs> and uh, um, in particular, where PCA is going to be. So um, it's pretty typical of PCA members. We're about a month away, and uh, a good number of people are now deciding to go to Rensport Seven and <laughs> looking for final details. Yeah, we were we had a meeting yesterday about parade laps, the logistics, and I. Remind at Laguna that uh, our members will be there exactly at the time we tell them to be, and the sun hasn't risen yet at six thirty by that that date in September. So I said uh, any signage without lighting is useless. Right. So uh, keep in mind, I said it's going to be dark when everyone shows up, and they will show up in the dark. You're going to need those uh, uh, lit batons to direct traffic <laughs> and people to hold them. <laughs> and people to hold them. <laughs> All right, so Dennis, welcome, and uh, you know we'll start with just kind of a catch up of what we did over the past couple of days. Feel free to chime in. Um, it has been a scorcher here in Maryland, so I don't know that many of us have done things outside other than early in the day, like cars and coffee. Oh, I hear it came in on Monday, or actually, yes, Sunday. Either way, cars and coffee, we did it. Uh, Dennis was there on. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a very nice weather. Yeah, um, but then I think Sunday the heat came yeah, in. It was, and, Maybe, um, well, it is September, so yeah. hopefully the open house will be dry. Yeah, I've been watching the forecast, so um, by the time you listen to this, hopefully the open house has already happened, but uh, there's a 50% chance of rain. We've still got a couple of days out. Hopefully that, uh, that'll that change, but we've been um, cleaning up as we do uh, annually to, <laughs> to welcome. If it wasn't for open houses and visits from... Uh, the executive council, we would never clean up. Exactly. Uh, I Not only are we cleaning up, but we're throwing a fresh coat of paint on a number of things. Yesterday, I uh, matched. I don't know, Robert, if you can show our, our view here inside the office, but I have a little touch-up of Club Blau. It looks like nail polish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And so I, I took it over to I took it over to our local Home Depot, and they actually scanned the Club Blau and... Our so that means that instead of buying $70 a gallon Porsche paint, <laughs> we can go to Home Depot and just give them a toy car of a speed yellow. Oh, no, no. We still bought the Porsche <laughs> backdrop paint. I think <laughs> I'm talking about me. <laughs> so Robert just threw up there. We bought the backdrop paint uh, that was recently released by Porsche. It comes in four colors. And 
to my surprise, it also comes with a little prize. Uh, they're one-gallon jugs. You can get them in Ruby Star, Irish Green, Riviera Blue, and Speed Yellow. And it also comes with a commemorative 75th anniversary keychain. So if you think about you know the the, the paint at uh, Home Depot, which is about 40, 45 bucks, this is I think 70, 75 bucks, but it comes with a commemorative keychain. So it all evens out, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's like buying a 19 spider and saying, well, it comes with a watch. So it's worth a million dollars. So I think that would be the only can of paint that I would uh, intentionally make sure that I don't get any paint on the outside. You know, normally you don't care how much paint because you're not going to keep the can as a collector, but. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking about t- that too, is I think pouring should, it, pouring it out and not messing I'm up. I'm surprised you can put masking tape all over the can so we wouldn't uh, get any so, paint on it. So I've only painted the club blau and uh, got that done yesterday. Today is the day where we'll actually use a backdrop paint. And I was, Manny saw me kind of wandering in the lobby, figuring out where I was going to put paint. And he came up, I'm going to give him due credit here because when you, as an artist, where do you place paint and it's make sure you do it correctly so it doesn't clash, right? And I'm sure you can understand that. Um, he was like, why don't we just paint all the doors? And so we all got to kind of not choose, but... Well, a little bit of logistics, too, because this is uh, on a Wednesday. The <laughs> open house is Saturday. And oh, he decides got... to become Martha Stewart and start painting that office with uh, Plen- 72 hours plenty to go. Plenty of time. Plenty so, of time. And, and getting his enthusiasm to paint more narrow down. That's what I <laughs> thought said, the doors Just do the doors. <laughs> more realistic. Which is a great idea. Um, for me, this past weekend, I just I just washed and vacuumed cars. I, I didn't do anything uh, incredibly uh, exciting. I did find out why there was a clunking noise in uh, on in the back of my Fox Body Mustang, and uh, it doesn't usually make a noise. And I found out even urethane bushings do degrade and come apart. And if you look at the photo there, that is my rear shock where there used to be urethane bushings. I bet you they go. I bet you they are they meant to last longer than rubber. I would think so. They're harder. That but doesn't I, necessarily mean that the, yeah. they're supposed to be for performance, right? They are. They yeah. are. So I have full urethane throughout uh, my Mustang, and I've, the, I've owned it for 30-some years, and I think those shocks are probably at least 25 years old. So it's time to uh, time to replace them, and I ordered a, a, a new set of uh, Eibach shocks. So I was hoping to do that this past weekend, but uh, time was not on and my side. how many side. miles a year do you put on that car? less than a gas tank worth yeah maybe well it does burn up a lot of ga- it burns up a lot of gas so maybe when the oil comes out does it look brand new it does <laughs> it does even though i change it annually the oil looks brand new um yeah probably a couple hundred miles if that yeah it, li- it lives a pretty posh life now so anyways um let's get into let's get into why you're here and thank you for joining us and i feel like i've known you for such a long time like i know you're kind of a celebrity but we we know you like you're you're (laughs) local to us and you come to cars and coffee you're like a regular person but you've done such amazing stuff and it goes back all the way to to rensport reunion two two at least for for us um so manny why don't you kick it off so uh uh, for those uh, those who are going to rensport have been to rensport uh I would say most people listening on here probably have one of Dennis's posters Absolutely. in their collection. And if they went to Rensport, they probably have it signed. And uh, I know I have several Rensport posters signed. I always tell people, when you get it signed this time, uh, uh, take a picture of the person who's signing it with their name. Because I we, we actually get right. uh, emails here asking, people, asking me, 
do you know whose signature this is? Yeah, and it's a scribble. <laughs> and some of them, you know, you, you learn to um, to recognize. And other ones, you're trying to decipher, and it's, uh, like you said, a scribble. Um, but, yeah, his artwork yeah. has uh, uh, not just Rensport, but your, your style is so unique, I guess, that I can pick out the uh, your artwork from a mile away. Well, first of all, I'm very happy to be here to get the invitation. And uh, I'm a autograph collector on my posters too and uh when i look at them carefully if you have something with you know six or eight different drivers sign the same thing and you can usually read about four of them for sure <laughs> and guess uh, another two but there's always a couple you just cannot identify the nice ones will put their car number or something that i can uh, trace it back to yeah now you're a true local marylander i mean yeah. your your art goes back to the college of art at maryland yeah i'm you know born and bred i grew up in baltimore city uh moved out in the county by the time i was in high school but went right back to the city for an art education at maryland institute and um when did you or your family realized you had this talent. We, we had this young kid at uh, Works Reunion Monterey. He was nine years old and he was doing sketching on the fly. And it was just amazing. Like you thought his hand was like a, a, a printer lead that just could look and then just like, was that, was that for you? I don't know how good the stuff was, yeah. but uh, no, I was, I was drawing stuff. My father uh, used to take me to work with him and he sold farm tractors mm -hmm. and uh, little tiny kid and getting dragged along to these farms and i used to come home and draw farms oh. barns and tractors i don't really remember drawing any animals but uh, i remember drawing barns <laughs> <laughs> okay and i know that um typically man when we when we catch up with dennis he's always quite dapper right he's yeah. he's got the cool hat on he's got something so fashion has always been a part of your life as well well when i went to maryland institute i was a fashion major and uh, I wanted to be a fashion illustrator. Ah. But those were like different times because there was work for fashion illustration. Mm -hmm. so there'd be fashion illustration in the newspaper every single night. Mm -hmm. And all the magazines and the, you know, the fancy fashion magazines and all that. So I graduated from the fashion program and I worked as a, a fashion illustrator for doing men's clothes. Mm for about three years but it, it, i got bored <laughs> i got bored it was it was real retail you mm -hmm. know re, so seasonal stuff then after it repeated through three years of the same seasons i needed to go on and have, have more variety <laughs> so i went and got a job at an advertising agency as an art director so did your, I, I read a little bit about, um, most of us, when we talk about uh, our past and, and maybe in cars or in motorsports, we talk about our first car, but your first car actually wasn't a first car per se, because your first mode of transportation was two wheels. Right. I was a, a loved motorcycles. Yeah. I remember going to a Cub Scout meeting. So however old you are, you go to a Cub Scout meeting and I waved at this guy who went by on a BMW motorcycle. Oh, nice. You know, and he waved back, and that was it. I oh, had, you know, I had that was a, the bug. You know, that's what I aspired to, you know. So what was that first motorcycle? Oh, uh, a little Honda. Honda? Yeah. 
Was it a baby dream by any chance? It was a, a Benley, which is a 150 dream. Yeah. Sir, if you would like to ride a 150 baby dream, yeah. I have one in my garage You're that kidding. you could go for a ride in. <laughs> You're kidding. Absolutely. I can make that, I can make that happen. I have a 64 uh, 150 uh, baby dream. Wow. That was your first bike? Yeah. How yeah. cool is that? My father. Now he'll never sell it. Yeah. <laughs> now he's just, just now I'm just going to have you sign it. I'm going to have you sign it, take pictures with it. White wall tires. I wish, I am I'm. I would like to put white wall tires on uh -huh. it, but the tires are that are on it are good. So it's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, mine, but I would like to get white wall tires for it. Uh, mine was, a, I think, a 61. So it okay. was kind of early. I don't even know if there were Honda dealers around. Yeah. 61. You meet the nicest people yeah, on a Honda, yeah. is what they so, say. So, um, my father, you know, I told my father I wanted a motorcycle. And he said, well, you can have it if you get a job. Mm. You know, and then, if, I mean, a couple weeks later, he just came home from work one day with his motorcycle in the back of his pickup really? truck. Really? And cool. said that one of the neighbor, close by people to the business, where you know where he had his business, had this on their lawn, and I now owe him $250. Wow. Said, and I should do something about that. That's so you know? cool. <laughs> so when was the last time you rode a 150 Baby Dream? Oh, God. That long first year of art school so that was, we're gonna we're gonna make this happen we're gonna put you on the baby dream and you, take, you can take it for a ride 1966 <laughs> so cool <Yeah. laughs> and then when did all this passion uh transform into four wheels well you know i i always was, was like attracted by little british sports cars mm -hmm. so uh, I was going to art school and having problems carrying my art supplies and my, you know, mainly your drawing board mm -hmm. <laughs> on a motorcycle. So it was time, time to get a car. So we went shopping, me and my father, and uh, bought an MGA. Mm, okay. And that was my first car, my, my first sports car. Well, my first. Do you learn how to yeah. work on cars? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Owning you an know, MGA? <laughs> I. You know, I worked on it. Worked on the motorcycle. You know, yeah. I, I was never afraid to take things apart. Nice. Hopefully, get them back together. And then my father, having this farm tractor business, he had a big shop with mm. you know, all, all these mechanics working and all these tools. Mm. So I took right to that. My father was real mechanical too. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then when did automotive art come into the picture? Well, I mean, even in high school. I like just filled my notebooks with little car drawings. Yeah. You know, like inventing little sports cars and stuff like that. And I still have. You still have them? I still have those pages. I didn't keep any of the pages from, from <laughs> any of the schoolwork, but I, I do. I have those. Very cool. Yeah. So how did, maybe we'll start with how did you get involved with, uh, was, was Rensport your first project with Porsche or did no, you? No, no. Okay. Well, you know, I, uh, did real general illustration for a long time, and I uh, was working for mostly for National Park Service and National Geographic, mm. and it was pretty demanding. Uh, and I, at some point, I just said to myself, "I'm going to combine my hobbies and my interest in uh, in sort of vintage poster art together." And somebody, when I, I met a guy who took me to the vintage races, mm -hmm. and I said, you know, this world needs this. And I did a few sample posters and showed them around. And uh, around 1987, um, 
started doing work for an auction company in L.A. that was doing vintage sports car auctions. Mm. So they were really my first car posters. And, uh, you know, he was doing three or four big auctions a year. Include, he had, uh, it was Rick Cole auctions. Mm -hmm. And he sort of invented the Monterey yeah. Uh, sports race car auctions. Mm. Know, he just. I wonder if it was your artwork. I remember seeing in Dupont Registry. Probably so that was the ads for Rick Cole. And it yeah, was well, that was. Picture. I mean, that it was, was always art. That's why it was so good for yeah. me. You know, we did a poster early on, but you know, the, he used the artwork for all these full page magazine ads, inside cover, back cover, mm -hmm. yep. uh, you know, stuff He's all over the you know here in England, and had my name big on it, and. Uh, that's what started. That's how it started. And then, um, you know, I kept looking for, you know, I wanted, you know, wanted to do more all the time and uh, showed my stuff to racetracks and uh, eventually. Um, so was it late 80s that you decided to step away from the advertising agency? Or? Yeah, well, it, I didn't stay at the agency long. I just freelanced. Okay. So for about... 15, 16 years, it was a long period. Wow. I freelanced and mainly doing these big historical paintings. Mm. So they would, you know, they would uh, be for the National Park Service exhibit department. Wow. And then uh, I, you know, I wanted to, I always wanted to have something in the National Geographic. That, that was real prestigious. Mm -hmm. So I went to them. And showed them my work, and they gave me a, a book project to do. So I did a, a book. This has nothing to do with cars. Pre-Columbian pyramid cities of North America. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that on Netflix. <laughs> so um, I did. I, I I did. It was a big project. It was four really big paintings, and it kind of it wore me down. Yeah, it wore me down, and that's when I decided oh, I want to do something with my car hobby and my interest in vintage posters. Mm. Uh, ever since art school, I was just always real interested in vintage posters, and I had an art school friend who became a vintage poster dealer, and uh, you know I would just go visit him and look at all this stuff. And so, uh, so what type of vintage posters inspired you? Well. Travel posters Travel, okay. and racing racing posters. So, mm. of course, the classic vintage racing posters are the Geo Ham posters, which were the Monte Carlo, Monte Carlo uh, yeah. in mm -hmm. the late twenties, early thirties. You know, and I just and most of, were those mostly watercolor type. They were, I think, they were gouache paintings. Okay. But, but back then, when you made posters, it's pretty interesting. The artist painted it. And the printer sort of repainted it. Oh. And, and all the plates would have to be made by hand. Mm. So uh, it, it was just before any of the modern poster techniques. And uh, the other kind of posters I got real interested in were uh, railroad posters, uh, English railroad posters, which were mainly posters about uh, destinations. Mm -hmm. And uh, so all the... British cities and villages and stuff like that. And I started buying a few of them. And um, I was just real influenced by the painting style. You know, when you look at posters, you know, there's hundreds of artists who did them. And ones I kind of 
focused in on, you know, had a certain painting style I liked. Now, your your series that I'm most familiar with, obviously, is the Rensport series. They all sort of have like a, a tilt and a sense of speed. And you look at some of the vintage posters that they a lot of them have that as well. Yeah. So when did you decide that was your style? Well, you know, uh, even when I was painting, you know, posters for the auctions uh, or car shows, you know, I, I wasn't interested in painting parked cars. Yeah. You know, I used to kid about, you know, God, these cars look so stupid on grass <laughs> you know these aren't you know yeah so or, or so i just always you know i always said i don't paint no park cars and motion was you know what i was trying to convey and, and you know they had my techniques i wanted to show show posters like from down cars from down low with light coming from underneath them and you know wheels that were hardly touching a road and mm -hmm. another you know on the other side of the car the wheels pushed way up into the fender wells and, <laughs> and uh you know that was so after your uh meeting your goal of being in national geographics and now yeah. deciding to focus on cars what was what came next well i just looked for good clients um you know i started working for svra mm. and they used to do um a Bahama race early. It was always the season opener. It was a race in the Bahamas mm -hmm. and uh, did three or four years of Bahama Vintage Grand Prix. And that started around 1967. I mean, it's not 67, 1987, 1987. And, uh, you know, it, I, then, you know, I got work from, from Michelin, which was, you know, really good, and they were doing achievement posters. So after the race, we did mm -hmm. a poster of you know their car. That, and Michelin has a, a nice long history of beautiful yeah. art. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and probably your style too. Well, some of it, you know, yeah. there's lots of styles, and, yeah. and you know, there are a lot of good you know automotive illustrators. Who, so for those that are maybe considering, you know, becoming an automotive artists like was the landscape back then difficult for you to to land these jobs or well there was probably yeah, I, there was more work then than there is now you know because mm. you know, in the years that i did posters you know photography and uh computers just took over and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people clients you know potential clients you know, they just go the photography route these days mm. and does did your you know did you I guess embrace the digital world. Like, has it helped you in your 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 art? At or? first, I was real resistant to it. My wife's a graphic designer, and she she latched right. I was about to say she, she probably like, adopted yeah, it immediately. She, right? She, yeah. She just got it got it all rolling, and you know, and I I'm just in the other room painting, <laughs> you know, cars with paintbrushes and wet paint. And uh, you guys were talking about painting rooms, and you forgot to uh, take into consideration how much paint you're going to get on your clothes oh yeah so really <laughs> absolutely remember remember that so, oh yeah so uh you know i i just i just wanted to paint and and i just persisted painting you know mm -hmm. and uh you know in the end you take a photograph of the painting and you put it in the computer and you do the production you know with that but when i started boy, i was even hand painting the lettering wow and uh so do the ideas come to you and you're sketching on something small, like eight and a half by 11, and then uh, you make it, or no, do you, or do you, or do you go big? No, I, I start out with like little postage stamp things. Really? Yeah, because, because you want to end up with a, you know, a big bold 
you know, uh, statement. Uh -huh. So I think it's, it's nice to start little, you know, you know, mm. it, Little and loose. I mean, I don't show anybody the postage stamp size things, but you know, when I do, I want to see it. Uh, <laughs> I think that's cool because uh, I've only I, seen I, it. I didn't, as postage I didn't size. send you any slides of that. Oh. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, by the time I start showing stuff to clients, you know, I usually like show them a variety of compositions. Mm -hmm. And in the first stage, I just show them these little black and white things that are, you know, done in pencil or. Pentel, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, if, if I were actually sending them to them, which you don't do anymore, you send them an email, you know, with, right. with it in there. But they're, they're just on tracing paper and, and uh, you know, I do a montage of cars and I put you know, each car is on a separate little piece of tracing paper and I'm like moving things around ah. and, and mm. making adjustments and stuff like that. But I guess uh, like... For rent support posters, they're telling you what cars they want, or well, uh, well, you know, because I, I've done you know six of them now, and I've worked for a lot of different people with Porsche, and it's 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 different. I mean, when it started, it was uh, Bob Carlson, the originator. So the first one you did was yeah. Rent Sport Two, and that right. would have been was that the three nine zero seven? Yeah, three nine zero sevens, and they talked about you know, and, and uh, Bob Carlson said, you know, we want to focusing on that famous victory at Daytona and, yeah. yeah and you know I started looking for reference stuff and saw how you know in the end of the, they were so far ahead at the end of the race you know they just up. cruised over the line and formation probably 30 miles an hour you know so all the cameras could click at them. so uh so he definitely uh picked that one um I think we'd be remiss if Manny you didn't give a little uh, history on Bob Carlson and Rensport. Well, he's the father of Rensport. Um, I just wrote an article, which by the time you hear this, uh, you should have read it, or it's at least on PCA.org, about the history of the posters and a short history of Rensport because they go together. Uh, but, yeah, Bob Carlson is the father of Rensport. It was his idea to do a gathering of uh, Porsche race cars. I don't think Bob would have ever dreamed that it would have gotten as big as it is now, um, considering what it started out as it's a small gathering. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was the PR guy, had a PR for Porsche cars, North America, very well liked and, uh, unfortunately passed. Um, and, uh, he, uh, he had retired missed. from racing. So, I mean, he had a lot of real firsthand friends. Yeah. yeah he, and, everyone knew Bob. Uh, yeah. yeah. He was, uh, a very affable person, but, um, yeah, and uh, Rensport owes its uh, existence to Bob Carlson. Absolutely. And so, how did how did you get connected to do the the second poster? Um, it, second poster was for Bob as well, and uh, if you flash it in front of me, but the second poster would have been at okay. Daytona as Daytona. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think all, all the conversation really was, um, you know, let's pick a 917 and, and let's pick a, uh, what's the other? 30, nice, uh, 62. 962. 962. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we sort of consider, you know, you know, what cars are, are the real icons of, of the era. Mm -hmm. And certainly Porsche colors on the 917. And, uh, it's interesting being privy to the meetings this time around, uh, all the meetings uh, um, uh, on our on our calls. 
um, you hear the conversations. Uh, so the second poster has the 962. That's the number 14. It's the Lowenbrow, the Al Holbert, Al, Al Holbert car. Mm-hmm. Very iconic, but it has no Lowenbrow on it. And um, and you don't notice it at first, but then you realize something's missing, and it's the Lowenbrow <laughs> on the front. And much like Sonoko's missing on the uh, car for this year, it's unless they can get permission, right. or maybe because of alcohol, they didn't want to use it. For some reason or another, they sure they erased the... Uh, I'm not going to say history, but he raced the uh, logo. Well, and, I had, uh, I had it painted on there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you get a big eraser? Just uh, erase that or just takes paint a, over? It takes a lot of extra coats of a color <laughs> to really make it disappear. Yeah. So does does that does that bother you as an artist when they're asking well, you to do something and then they set sort of guardrails and that might not artistically be something good? You make it work. I can, I can adjust to it. <laughs> you make it work. You know, I try. I mean, I, I just begged and begged yeah. to put Sunoco on this oh, time. I know. And I said, and, and every time we had a email back and forth, I'd say, it's still not too late. If you, <laughs> if you can get permission, it's still not too late. Once I paint over it, we're done. <laughs> no, Sunoco, Sunoco wasn't painted on. Oh. Sunoco, yeah, I had it. I had it. had it on in pencil, but mm-hmm. I, never, I never painted that. So... What's uh, what other works have you done aside? From well, you know, my first Porsche work was not the Ren Sport reunion poster, but it was Christophorus. Yeah, and uh, I think around, I think in the year two thousand, mm-hmm. I, I did uh, two Christophorus, and yet I think next year or so I did three Christophorus articles, and the first one was I went to Amelia Island uh, with Hurley Haywood. Mm-hmm. And uh, did not really do my poster painting style. I did a pen and ink style that I had used for magazine illustration. And pen and ink and watercolor. And, uh, so that was Christophorus. And then I did an article for Christophorus about the Hershey flea market. Mm. And uh, the third one was, was a real interesting one. I went to Lake George to a... Uh, Classic wooden boat show. Interesting. With and uh, I think I'm thinking Chris Craft. Yeah, well, Chris Craft Hacker is another famous brand. Uh, you know, in these, these not were my the, world. The speed boat, <laughs> speed boats of the 20s and 30s. Okay. And the, they'd have a cockpit in the front and then the engines and then another cockpit in the back and mm. windshields on both and that kind of stuff. And it was just a real. Fascinating revelation to go to a boat show and see all these beautiful boats as perfect as any of the Pebble Beach cars, mm-hmm. but they're all in the water bobbing, you know, <laughs> and they're not bobbing together, right? You know? Right. <laughs> so the Christopher stuff, I wrote the articles as well as illustrated. Them. Oh, okay. And uh, they got edited, they got fixed up, but you know. They were my, you, th- my do, thoughts on the events. Do you sure. do that often? Do you write? I haven't done it lately at all. Okay. That was Christopher's was mm. about the end. Of, you know. Now, how about like uh, like personal commissions? Do you do that or only? I, I do not do many personal commissions. You know, I liked working for big companies. Okay. And, and uh, you know, racetracks. I don't know if you call them really big companies, but the Michelin and the and the Porsche and. The, 
you know, I did work for Mazda, a little bit for Chrysler. You know, did you ever get to do motorcycle stuff? No. Well, I do motor. I do motorcycle stuff for <clears throat> another, a totally different kind of thing. Um, I have a client who uh, give, who runs motorcycle tours in the Alps. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> and uh, around 1995, I just booked a tour, and me and my wife went took this motorcycle tour in the Alps and all the classic roads and the roads you know from the old rally films and nice. stuff like that. And then a year or two later, I, I called, the, I said, I want to take a, a trip, another trip. And he, oh, I was going to call you. He said, I want you to help me with my advertising. So I did uh, a lot of print advertising. It was really before he was on the internet. Mm-hmm. So he was doing a lot of nice print brochures, you know, and um, a lot of BMW motorcycles. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And then I just, you know, I kept my relationship with him right up, you know, I guess I still have it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, la- I last went on, you know, I, I went on a lot of his tours. <laughs> and, uh, you know. That's, that's not a bad uh Yeah. Uh, relationship to have. Well, that's that's my break from the car world. Is yeah, to go do a motorcycle thing. So, and, how how soon after Porsche announces Rensport do they contact you? It's it's been different this time. It was a little closer. Um, it was about six months. Um, I mean, I've worked on I think over a year ahead of time. I think this year is the first year they're going to have three posters. Right. They told us you're going to have the main poster. Um, and then there's two other ones, which I think I've seen one of, maybe I have seen both the other ones. They um, are completely different than yours. The one I think features a, is it a I think it's a Taycan overlooking uh, maybe Monterey I Bay. I haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, seen the it. Lonesome Pine. It, maybe that's it, yeah. yeah. And um, a totally different style. And I'm, I was, that was the phone call we were on. Or they never mentioned the 9-11, and we were like, yeah. it's the 60th anniversary of the 9-11. Yeah. How come we're not highlighting yeah. a 9-11? So the, uh, the um, Porsche lets you know. Six would, months a year? Is it, well, it, de- you know, it, it you depends need? how much, you know, how, you know, it depends who's running the show there. Mm. Uh, how much they're going to want me to do. And, of course, the more they want me to do, the earlier, the earlier we start. Uh, so... Um, you know, this time, this time I thought it was kind of like short, short on, on on lead time, but we got rolling real fast and went right to it. And this time, you know, they they told me pretty much which cars to paint. You know, they they wanted the new the new prototype car, and they wanted the the uh, Can Am car. And the car I got to really choose was the five fifty. You know, they I. Why'd you choose that? I'm real fascinated by the Career Pan America race. Mm-hmm. And I had done an article, another article, that's an article I forgot, for Chris, Christopher's about the history of the first, you know, the mm-hmm. first mid-engine, you know, the, those, those 550s. And, and, and for instance, you know, when that car raced in the Career Pan America, it did not have the four cam engine. Right. It was just push rod. You know, it was methanol just, just, fuel. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So it was just at the beginning of, of Porsche getting into racing. It was actually a coupe. They weren't spiders. I mean, yeah. they were. The coupe could be taken off, 
Right. So, uh, so it was a hard the, top car. The, Car- yeah. the yeah. Carrera wasn't the first race. There was a, um, a Nürburgring race. Yeah. And the Nürburgring race didn't have the top on it. And I think the drivers, um, yeah. it felt very claustrophobic. Yeah. Kept the rain out. Yeah. But felt very claustrophobic because the car's tiny to begin with, and then you right. suddenly have a top on top of you, and your head's almost hitting the roof. It becomes very uh, claustrophobic. But that was a pretty iconic car, and it was yeah. discovered in a warehouse in Mexico, um, not that long ago. You know, uh, I think it had been lost, lost, lost for a long time, and the other identical car is still lost. I think. Hmm. Because um, I think the car now sits at Rubs Institute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Collier did not discover. Somebody else discovered yeah. the car in the warehouse, and uh, before the restoration was started, it changed hands as a Collier, and they did a. Yeah, they had to manufacture did, a roof for it because obviously when they found it, it didn't have a roof anymore. It was gone. Uh, they had to manufacture yeah. pretty much everything. Yeah. It, when it was found. Um, it had a fiberglass front on it, and, oh. and um, it was a big project. There's a great art. You know, the article in in Christophers is pretty good. He goes into the whole. I remember they I, I, either they debuted it or the year they finished it. It was a big deal because they brought it to the Hershey Parade, yeah. the fiftieth, and that was a big <laughs> news. That I thought was when they were debuting the restoration. Mm. It was a really big deal that this yeah. car was going to be showing. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't appreciate the history because they don't know, and they just yeah. lump all the spiders together. But this one's pretty significant, being number one. Yeah. So back to the paintings at uh, or for Rensport, how large is the original? The originals paint that are painting? twenty-four by thirty-six, which is the same size they're printed. Oh, okay. And um, you know, you don't want to. I don't want to paint any any smaller uh. because. And where does it go? Because I'm sure you take a, a beautiful photo of it, and then it becomes a poster. What does it? Where does the original go? The originals are hanging in my studio. Really? Yeah. You have all the originals? I have all but this last one. This, this last one they did, they did buy. Oh, really? In all, all, all past years. Uh, well, what if they know they could buy the other? I was ones? about to <laughs> say. <laughs> buy them, yeah, so you have all the originals except for the most recent one. Yes. Huh. Okay. So here's my other question. As I was wondering, so. Two through seven is you. Yes. One wasn't you. All right. But if I put all my posters together, I really would like a one that looks like two through seven. Can yeah. you do? Can you? Uh, do, uh, uh, would you, you ever you do? A, it, you would you it, ever do a one just so that we can have a set that all looks oh, alike? I don't, I don't know. Uh, no, too I, much. I don't. I don't think that would be uh, legit. But yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, just because it's yeah, I don't I don't have one. Do you have you, you went to you went to the first run? No, no, it's only, you didn't go. No, and the thing was, um, it was advertised, but it seemed like just like like a, another vintage race yeah. weekend, and there was a yeah. lot of vintage race weekends. So I remember yeah. being this close to Lime Rock. We no one really spoke about it as anything you have to go to because Ren Sport. Yeah. Because prior to that, in '98, was the big um, Monterey uh, Historics mm-hmm. Steve Earl put on. And then on the East Coast, it was the 50-50, which was Watkins Glen 50th anniversary, Porsche's 50th. And that was, in my eyes, like the first Rensport because mm. it was identical to Rensport as far as being all only Porsche. Factory brought over all these cars. I remember pulling into the garages for tech because I was racing my C2. And uh, it looked like a, a dream because there was all these uh, aluminum cars and fiberglass all from the museum that uh, yeah. and collectors 
So when Rensport happened, uh, it was no anniversary year really per se. Uh. So um, there was not even on my radar until huh. afterwards. You started reading articles and hearing about it, but nothing that um, nothing like today where you know what the it was sort of like when means. Ferrari did something down at Daytona. We heard about it afterwards that they were running F1 cars at Daytona, and they had all these cars. And I thought, oh my god, if I had I known about this, I would have made yeah. the trip to see all these cars run at Daytona. But prior to that, there was very little. Um, advertising that would have gotten people's attention well let's give credit for the first poster for Rensport one to art eastman yes he was a graphic and artist I think. yeah well he was he was a photographer he uh was the editor of vintage sport vintage what was the magazine um vintage motorsport vintage motorsport right there were two magazines back there Vic victory lane and vintage motorsport and, and vintage motorsport was the glossy ah. you know and he was he he did everything. He designed the magazine. He edited it. He, he was a good car photographer. And he was probably, you know, right in there at the very beginning of the planning. And uh, uh, the Redmonds, uh, Intercontinental yeah. Events, uh, right. uh, Brian Redmond, his son, uh, James, uh, put it on. And uh, they put the first three on mm -hmm. uh, for Porsche. So the, for those of you that don't have or maybe missing a, uh, a Dennis Simon poster from your run sport set as well as some other posters you can head over to centuryofspeed.com and you still have some available yes and yes. Uh, we have to also be careful that not all posters that are offered are actually yeah, genuine felt, surprise felt surprise he educated me because i said <laughs> i see them on ebay and they're like ten dollars and i know these are worth more than that. I mean how can right. they and then explain right. that they're you gotta, not you got to read the ad yeah. and ask you what size do you want it uh, and, you know, they're, uh, they're counterfeit. They're counterfeit. So it's uh, all digital printing, and, and you got to chase after everybody. And I'm sure the paper quality isn't, uh, yeah. yeah, isn't like an original. Um, and, luckily, I've gotten all mine by going to the events, um, and I can tell you that uh, no matter how many they print, they'll never be. They'll sell out. And uh, I remember, I think it was Rentsport Four. They sold out on the first yeah. day before lunch, and people were so mad that. Because they'd wait at the end of the day to buy it, so they wouldn't have to carry it around, and they were they were gone. Yeah, that's your that's your insider tip when you head yeah. to Rensport Reunion Seven is not only to buy your poster early, but if you're smart, because I'm not sure that they do they come in tubes. I'm not. Sure. Sometimes they did. Sometimes they didn't. So you might you it's might want worth the money to buy an extra. I was about to say yeah. Go go to Staples or Home uh, not Home Depot Office Depot and just throw a tube in your luggage so that way when you buy well, when you when you get to the yeah when you get to town just buy one like yeah, you stopped at the Staples and buy, picked up a tube because the worst is you buy one and somehow you crease it. <laughs> yes, you're holding it all day. There's yeah. no way you're not going to. Yeah. Well, you end up rolling it and unrolling it for every single autograph. Exactly. And, exactly. Uh, so you want to. Uh, yeah. Bring something to protect it. But yeah, evidently, uh, you got to be very careful if you're buying these off eBay that you're not buying, like Dennis said, a digital reprint. Um, because I, so the one Dennis sells are artist proofs. You know what an artist proof is? So that is? means they're numbered? No, they're not numbered, but you know, when, when, when you print the poster, you go to the, fact, the printing factory and you get to adjust the press. Oh. And, and you adjust the press to match the painting. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're there and, you know, there some awful things get spit at the end of the press sometimes in the beginning. But it gets tuned in. And at some point, I, I declare that I'm happy ah. with the color. Yeah. 
and uh, they take the first couple hundred off the press and they put them aside and I get them. Ah, so that's okay. how come I have a, a supply of, of so those really are hard the, to get posters. The, the first run of the approved, right? Posters. So oh, cool. when I when you know when I sell them, I mark them artist proof mm-hmm. and I sign my name. Mm. And uh, you know, through the years, you know, some a couple of them. There's only, there's only a few left, but there are there. Are, there are at least a few of all of them, and in some cases, I think that's there you go. That's yeah. one of my prized yeah. possessions now is they misprint, they misspelled Porsche on one of the posters, not Rensport, oh. uh, but a, a poster. <laughs> <laughs> His heart just dropped. <laughs> not one of yours. No, this is that. This is that parade. Yeah. I, I've and, had it happen. It, it, you know, it wasn't the client's name, but yeah. you know, painting all those uh, decals on the front of the. Oh, uh, this was uh, you know. the funny thing was. So the next day. Uh, they had the posters, and they said, did you get one? I said, oh, I got it yesterday. And they said, oh, you got one of the special ones. And I said, what's uh-huh. so special about it? And they said, there was a mistake. I said, really? And, uh, and it says he went to the back and brought out the one from yesterday. She said, can you tell the difference? So I'm looking. She would look real close, right. and then I realized... They forgot the C, I think, in Porsche. But we read it the way everyone, yeah, everyone, 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 everyone. Right. yeah. No and they're looking at it. And they're, they're overthinking. They're looking yeah. at all, like trying to find a trick in there, and uh, yeah. So it's they all, were they were all, they were in a panic. They had to go. Yeah, uh, print it's only these. the collector who's going to be happy that he got. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 said, uh, the misprint. Uh, yeah. It's rare that you see uh, the misspelled Porsche. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, so yeah, when you're buying these posters, uh, I, I, in my article I put in there, buy from a reputable dealer, and uh, if they say what size, that's a giveaway right, right. away. Yeah. And if you see for nine ninety nine, you're not getting uh, a deal from someone who doesn't know. You're getting a, a digitally printed. And if you're fine with that, that's great. But if you want an original, and there's a, a lot of originals still out there, um, either you can buy what Dennis has left, or you can get it from a collector or someone who's reputable. That uh, usually the giveaways are if they've been autographed because that's mm-hmm. most of them were at the event have some kind of autograph right. because Porsche always has uh, autograph sessions uh, during the uh, three or four days of the event and uh, you know that's uh, so spe- it- speaking of the article that you wrote up I'll probably ask uh, Robert to throw up the uh, newsletters so that you can make sure you sign up for eBreak News to read about articles such as Manny just mentioned. And uh, you can also sign up for Mark Fresh News, uh, you know, our favorite picks of the cars that are available in PCA's Classify, and of course, performance news focusing on the four-door Porsche. Sign up at PCA.org. You want to talk about uh, the recent video drops that we did at Meekum? Yeah, so this is the uh, our, our trip in Monterey. On our last day, we went to Meekum. We were guests at Meekum, and uh, we got to... Um, I, we've been there several times, and as I told the guys from Meekum, I can. This is also for me because there's many Saturday mornings, especially in the winter time. I just sit there and just veg in front of the TV, watching these auctions go live, and uh, and being able to sit in the audience and watch them go live is even. All I needed was some food and some drink next to me, and I would have been in heaven. I could have stayed there all day watching these auctions, these cars go by in the auction. The only thing I told them I was missing was the. Uh, Commenta- commentators telling me about the car mm-hmm. and what's rare about it, especially the muscle car because I'm not that familiar with them, but I love learning about them. Um, so we did a video uh, with highlighting the Porsches that were there, which there were several. Um, Meekum definitely uh, making a push to get into Porsche and Ferrari. 
So you saw, saw a lot of those two marks uh, being auctioned off. And uh, you get to interview the CEO mm-hmm. of Meekum and, of course, Lee Giannone, who's uh, the CFO or CFO He is, uh, I think he's the director of the financial services. Yeah, yeah. but Lee's a uh, longtime PCA member, and uh, up until recently he was racing the uh, 962 Coca-Cola car. Mm-hmm. But uh, we found that he just couldn't uh, just couldn't uh, scratch the itch, and he bought a uh, um, 996 Cup car for Brinsport. So we'll see Lee at Brinsport racing the uh, Cup car. So, anyways, it's about a 19-minute video. It's got some it's a lot of fun stuff in it. We the one thing cool I didn't cars. catch, I saw it in person. I didn't realize Damon or Bogdan caught it on camera. Was the uh, the guy from Meekum who moves the cars? And they have several. Uh, a lot of guys that are moving the cars and driving them up on stage. He was uh, putting the key in on the right side of the 911, looking for an ignition. For a while. And <laughs> he actually stuck it in uh, the uh, the one I saw. He stuck it in the temperature sensor. And I actually leaned in and said, no, no, no. I said, to the left of the steering wheel. No. <laughs> so, yeah, at, at, at uh, Meekum, the uh, the keys are typically zip-tied to the column of the yeah. steering wheel. And the I don't know if they're – I think they're volunteers or maybe they're, they're staffers. But they've got to drive thousands of cars across. Of cars. So, uh, yeah, they, they caught this gentleman. Not exactly sure where to put the, the I'm always key amazed at the really old cars where you have ignition timing. you got to mm-hmm. adjust how yeah. – because I would be stuck. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but what was cool is, you know, we, we do all watch it on TV, and it's fun to learn about the different models. But what you don't necessarily capture on TV is the energy in the room and, like, how they amp up the audience. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I mean, you're having a good time. And even, you know, yeah, you want to get a car at uh, a good price, let's say, but... I think you're kind of in the mood. Even if you paid a little bit over, you're still okay with it because you're having a great time. <laughs> and, and I, I compare like the RM auction, like eating at a fine French restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And Meekum's more like eating at a really fun wing place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, a lot time. more energy. Uh, people are really upbeat. And and if you listen to that auctioneer and he speaks so fast, and yeah. things move so fast that when you go to R&M, you're like, where's the fast forward button? Because this is going way too slow. Yeah. <laughs> so and they go through so many cars. I think at Monterey, they were going through 500, 600 cars. Literally, if you go to the bathroom, you could miss four or five cars easy. <laughs> easy. 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 Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we had a little contest, Manny and myself, at the beginning. There was a, a 917 go-kart, and we... We huh. thought we would uh, see who would get closest to the hammer price. Well, I was really scared because I knew nothing about this go-kart. I knew it wasn't a factory uh, build, but I really knew nothing. It was nothing. beautiful. And I, I, I took a guess. I came you somewhat came closest. close. Yeah. You said twenty five grand. I said twenty, and it hammered down at like thirty two. I think. I thought if this thing starts at a hundred thousand, I'm going to feel really stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, so anyways, let's get into the news. We've. Uh, We've got official word of where Mr. Uh, Kel Gruner ended up. Yeah, the rumors were true. It was Rivian. Uh, supposedly Rivian's building a factory in Atlanta. That's the other rumor I've heard. Maybe this is true. I, uh, so he, I would imagine, staying in Atlanta. He's mm-hmm. the C, uh, president and uh, COO, I think, now yeah. of Rivian. Um, so they say C, uh, CCO. CCO, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And so he's... Uh, they say it's perfect for him. He's big on technology and the future, and uh, they definitely wish picked him well. a picked a good egg from uh, Porsche, and uh, we wish him the so best. Now the luck. question is, who becomes this PCNA? I know and the rumors now are the uh, somebody from uh, the M division from BMW, really, who used to work for PCNA at yeah. Porsche yeah. for a long time. They said he has more Porsche experience than uh, 
BMW experience. Mm. So that wouldn't be a bad thing. But I don't know when they'll announce it before or after uh, Rensburg. Normally, the CEO is the one who taps the keg. Yeah. So we'll see. Could you imagine the... coming in and your first uh, your first gig on the job is going to Rensport? <laughs> Not a bad introduction. <laughs> Not a bad introduction. Get to meet a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, let's see. Next news item. Oh, cool coffee table book. One that I want really bad. It's and beautiful. The, the site was sold out, or somebody on the Chesapeake region chat found uh, another site that had it for sale called Artifacts. Um, it, it looks very cool. It has like, uh, it looks like the, all the cool stuff from the museum they took photos of, and uh, yeah. You, so is it sold out? Well, on the, so on the site that the press release came out, I, yeah. of course, I went right away to see uh, if I can order one, and it said this item no longer available. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that they bring some to Rensport. Oh. So that's something first, else we got. That Thursday hunt for. morning, I'm going to head else over, we have to hunt for. Head over to Porsche <laughs> to see, or maybe before then, ask him yeah. if they have any of these uh, books. So I can't imagine they're not going to have some, at least some, to display or show off. And, and I don't. I think it's like three hundred dollars, maybe. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> For a beautiful, I mean, if, if those of you that aren't on YouTube, it's a beautiful book with all sorts so of. 225 pounds. Yeah. What's that? That's close to 300, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I think, next. I think Robert's trying to buy one. <laughs> Go to shopping cart. He's literally <laughs> trying to buy it right now. Proceed to check out. Look. All right, Robert, hold on to that. We'll, there you we'll go. see what the. Well, I don't want to pay VAT, but uh, uh-huh. we'll see what shipping is. <laughs> so a few years ago, we decided to uh, collect all of the um, initiatives that many of our PCA regions are doing uh, in and around their community called Members Making a Difference. And this next news item has to do with uh, the club delivering some goods. But this was actually, um, I didn't get this off our Members Making a Difference. This was on news. This came on Google News. Came so through Google News? Came oh, okay. Google News, yeah. That's why I highlighted it. Yeah, it was... Uh, uh, British Columbia region, yeah, I believe. So they were doing a program and bringing uh, uh, school supplies, right? School supplies to yeah. the kids that needed it. And that's and that's, I mean, obviously every EC selects the winners for the charity uh, award differently. Um, but when when I was on the EC, we always looked at uh, uh, BC Interior. That was mm-hmm. the region. Um, how they make the Porsche Club look to the public. Yeah, it's. Um, Easy to write a check and be kind of like uh, anonymous, but putting a face uh, to uh, the the brand is always special. And and what these folks did was uh, just up that alley, you know. They uh, yeah. they, well, they put a face to what Porsche owners are. We do, we do that too in the Chesapeake region. So we do um, backpacks, right? Yes, every uh, Christmas, every the, Christmas uh, we do, do stuff backpacks. backpacks. Yeah. yeah, so lots of uh, yeah, that lots was cool of seeing. Uh, so you picked that up from B- the news. BCI, not- no, Coach showed up on oh, Google cool. News. I'm like, hey, it's pretty cool. That's uh, We always wish that our uh, stuff makes it to Google News. So speaking of making it on news, uh, the last one you uh, put on here was talking about Volkswagen and share price on the news. And valuation. <laughs> and valuation. Yeah. And, and in the article, what's interesting is uh, they bring up, um, uh, you know, <clears throat> the Oliver Bluma, who's doing the uh, double duty CEO as Porsche and Volkswagen. And um, there was a discussion we were having uh, one of our chats about the fact that he's probably overextended. Mm-hmm. And I said, then talking to the family, they are very, very happy with uh, 
Oliver Blumen. They do not want to let him go as a Porsche CEO. Mm. And, of course, the family also owns Volkswagen. So yeah. he's probably going to stay at both places as uh, long as he's doing the uh, good job. But Volkswagen valuations down a little bit, and that's what the article yeah. uh, discusses. And they're tightening their belts. Yeah, Dr. Wolfgang a, said something along the lines of um, there's still room for efficiency. And if you know, in the article, too, they talk about succession. Mm-hmm. And they'd say Oliver Portia is the most likely successor to Wolfgang for a supervisor, uh, the director of the supervisory board, mm-hmm. which is the board that oversees all the family interests and uh, the decision makers. If they don't like a CEO, then your time is pretty much limited. Wow. So you think there are other family members in the in the wing? Well, for uh, different positions, sure. Yeah. I mean, you see... Uh, I mean, I think it's cool that Wolfgang's son, Ferdy, mm-hmm. is getting so involved now in organizing uh, ice racing, ice racing and, yeah. and different events. And you know, it's uh, Hans, Hans Peter's son uh, is, is getting more involved, too. So, yeah, you're definitely going to. It's it's hard because they're all named Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to go by their middle name to differentiate them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's great that the next generation is getting more involved. And, you know, at Parade, it's always a thrill to have a, a family member come. Absolutely. So hopefully we'll see um, uh, Dr. Wolfgang at uh, Rensport. Yeah. I think Ferdy's supposed to come, too. Yeah, we saw Mark Porsche at Porsche Parade. Yeah, and yeah. he had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Took him to in and out at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> official meetings, official That's meetings. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's see. Events, of course, Rensport. Are you still accepting volunteers? Believe it or not, they have reached their limit of 600 volunteers really wow 600 volunteers that's uh how much it takes to put on Rensport. just the just the part of the parking and the parade laps mm-hmm. um but yeah 600 pca volunteers which really shouldn't be surprising because pca people are phenomenal volunteers but they all get a poster dennis a poster oh. in a tube that, okay. and they get a um a volunteer t-shirt so it's a pretty good deal for a three-hour uh right. Basically, you're sitting in the parking lot talking to your friends, and as people come to park, you're directing where to park, but it's not really a hard gig to to do. So, yeah, Yeah, I talked to Sharon Nidell, and she said, uh, yeah, pull the ad from eBreak because we reached our maximum. That's awesome. Well, thank thank you to all of you that raised your hand, so to speak, to volunteer, because without PCA's volunteers, a lot of things wouldn't work, including our own events, let alone uh, Rensport. So. Thank you very much for that. Uh, parade laps, are they any of those still available? Still Thursday and Sunday. So okay. We're past the, the halfway mark on them, so uh, they'll probably be sold out before the event uh, starts. But you do need a corral ticket to mm-hmm. be able to uh, – a corral ticket and a Porsche. And uh, obviously a driver's license and insure, proof of insurance. That's what okay. the track requires. But, yep, uh, bright and early 730. No one's going to delay us except for weather, which is fog in Laguna, not rain. Mm-hmm. Um, then I saw on the schedule right after us is the Carrera GT 918 R Group uh, parade lap. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, they're in the same boat as we are, hoping that the weather doesn't slow them down. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Registration opens September 13th for Unstock. Unstock. We're going to HRE, which is a little bit north of San Diego. Yep. It's outside of San Diego. And if you've never been to HRE and you're in L.A., it's worth the trip down. Absolutely. I'm so happy that they do manufacturing in the U.S. Mm-hmm. When we went there, I thought we were just going to go to a showroom, but I was greeted with an entire factory of where they make these wheels. And they're all automotive enthusiasts. They uh, 
we'll talk your head off about wheels and cars and it's it's going to be a great time yeah we're going to be in a uh normally a very quiet industrial park uh on a, on a sunday uh sunday and uh we'll have some cars that we parked inside as well the manufacturing yeah, area of our favorite some cars will park inside and uh and they'll have some of the machines running to show people how it's all made yeah all they need to do is one set of wheels and they pay for it a whole bit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly all right let's see anything else before we sign off manny no i would say um get your rent sport posters if you're, if you're missing any get them now because if we get closer to rent sport people are going to start realizing it and start buying these uh posters and uh um, if you're going to rent sport uh, bring sharpies with you silver and black silver and black that's smart i'm going to rent sport i'll be all over the place anybody who has a yep. poster uh just, yeah. you know i'll have a little ticket on this is i'm the poster artist. <laughs> i'm the so poster anybody, guy <laughs> and i'll have my own sharpies if they don't have their sharpies hopefully by the time you listen to this i'm hoping that the um rentsport app will be available to download and from there i'm told that you can uh, download the schedule but to get updates and hopefully in those updates they'll update who's going to be in the autograph sessions because i know mm -hmm. dennis yeah. is going to be scheduled for several right. autograph sessions and we're going to be doing uh, autograph sessions twice a day at the pca uh porsche plots tent uh, but they're only one hour a session, so you got to get there early, get in line, uh, because when that hour is over, we got to get all the legends out of the tent, because we have another. Uh, and if session I'm not mistaken, afterwards. there's only so many people we can get through the autograph line, too. Exactly, you're limiting so. it to one thing per person, but uh, you know, it is people stop and they want to talk to you, Dennis, and this, that, and the other, and they're trying to move things along. Yeah. So everyone gets their uh, autograph on the. Uh, so key is to be early. Uh, early and. Um, <laughs> don't be like uh we did an autograph session the sports car together and, and we had jeff gordon and uh somebody literally brought I, it looked like half a car <laughs> they did he had doors the front bumper rear bumper <laughs> i think jeff even joked that he goes i found my missing car <laughs> that's awesome so i don't i hopefully don't you don't bring car parts that big yeah to the autograph session but a poster is a uh is a memorable memorable item to have um autograph just take pictures of people's names as you're signing they're signing because you will not remember exactly good tip <laughs> well dennis thank you so much for joining us um it's great seeing you around locally great having you so close to pca national headquarters for those listening thank you for joining us if you aren't currently a pca member and own a porsche what are you waiting for grab that vin head over to pca.org and we'll set you up with a membership for those of you looking to buy a Porsche, we have the test drive program. You can join there and we'll give you all the access to the resources to find your dream car. Uh, remember to follow our podcast Instagram page, Behind the Scenes Photos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. And please give us a like, uh, thumbs up. Uh, be sure to subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel. I think we're getting very close to 80,000 subscribers on YouTube and would love it. Uh, we're not too far away from 100,000. So with that, um, remember to, again, subscribe to our newsletters. They're free. And uh, until next time, we'll stay safe and we'll catch you down the road.